Would you please welcome the Pope? Good morning. Need to work on our slow clap. <laughs> See, as we're talking about fruit of the spirit, and isn't it awesome that it's daylight savings day? Because <laughs> I know you all woke up with joy an hour early. Happy. I could tell, see it in your eyes when you came in. Everybody sat in back. There's all this room up here. No one would come up front. So we're going to start out today just kind of getting going, getting you, getting you open a little bit. So I have a couple questions for you. Like first question, where is the first math homework found in the Bible? This is interactive. Anybody? Go forth and multiply. Go forth and multiply. There's my man right there. What kind of man was Boaz before he got married? Ruthless. Ruthless. Good, good, good. Impressive up front. <laughs> Who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Samson. Brought the whole house down. <laughs> That's a good, yeah, see? See, we're talking about joy, we're and, and we're talking about what that means as part of the a part of the fruit, right? And last week Brian talked about love and got us going, and, and we're in the second week of, of nine fruits of the spirit that we're going to talk about. And we're looking at love last week, and, and how the biggest thing that keeps us away from the love of God is the love of ourselves, right? And this week as we move into joy, we're going to find out that there's, there's so much more that we're intended to be. So if you haven't already got your Bible out, I know that Brian's been talking about having your Bibles out, having your notebooks, trying to stay away from the electronic versions, writing stuff down is the best memory ever. And we're going to start, we're going to look, start in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. Can you turn me down a little bit? A little bit. Um, and we're going to, let's read this together, if you don't mind. The fruit of the Spirit is love, together, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's an amazing list. Today we're focusing on joy. Joy is mentioned in the Bible almost 400 times between joy and rejoicing. I would have to say that makes it kind of important. That God wants us to understand what joy truly is. God wants us to understand how that affects our lives. More importantly, how that brings us to him. We see joy in a, in a lot of different areas in our life, right? It's easy to be filled with joy when things are easy. David dancing in front of the ark as they bring it into Jerusalem. Simon, Simeon, and Anna when they see the baby Jesus for the first time. Parents, when we're doing laundry and we grab our kids' jeans, we pull out a $20 bill and we're like, mine. <laughs> Joy. Kids, when you get an A, when you've worked really hard. And we all know that ultimate joy when you're late for work and every light is green. And you're like, praise Jesus, every good and perfect gift is from you. That's easy. We got that part. 
But I think when Paul's writing to this church in Galatia, he's not talking to just about the joy and we're happy. He's also reminding us that, you know what? Sometimes things aren't so great. Even as Christians, sometimes in our lives, things aren't perfect. Go ahead and turn to Acts 16. I'll give you a minute. We're going to be jumping around the day. I'm going to try to have as much on the screen as I can, but you're going to kind of have to keep up at times. So I'm going to kind of set the stage for this. So Paul is on his second missionary trip. And he's out with Silas, and they go, let's go to Asia. And they get like to the door of Asia, and the Holy Spirit goes, no, go that way. So Paul obeys, and he's walking, and he ends up in Philippi. Now, this is not a Jewish community. There's not a single synagogue. And generally, you need 10 people to have a synagogue, so we're kind of understand what kind of community this is. It's a Roman colony, and they control it. And Paul comes in, and they're kind of looking around. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And the first day, he's going off to find a place to pray, and he notices they're being followed by this group. And part of this group is this female slave that predicts the future. And she's walking around, yelling to the people, and, and it's almost sarcastic the way she says it. She's saying, oh, these men are the service of the Most High God. They're going to teach you how to be saved. And, and the text in, in the Greek is almost a little bit sarcastic, but she keeps saying it and saying it, and they're following Paul, and finally Paul turns around and says, in the name of Jesus, spirit come out of her. And it does. And then... Unfortunately, her owners realized something. I just lost a bunch of money. Because if she can't predict the future, I lose. So there's an uproar. So this is where we're going to start and pick it up. We're at verse, Acts 16, verse 20. So they brought them, Paul and Silas, before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews, and they are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept our, or practice. And the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And after they had them severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fasted their feet in the stocks. That is a good day. So here's Paul and Silas obeying God out talking to people about the power of God. And the next thing they know, they're in front of the town. Everybody's looking at them. Their clothes stripped off, beaten with rods, sticks, pounded. Not by one guy, but beaten. And then they decide, that's not enough. Let's flog them too. So then they get flogged. And they send this jailer off to take him into the prison. And the jailer knew, guard them carefully, which means if they get away, you die. So he took him to the most inner cell. And I love that inner cell, which means it's the deepest, nastiest part. Think of every smell you've ever smelled that made you puke and multiply it. Think of rats, people moaning, dying, dead, dark, Dingy. Yes, we're talking about joy today. <laughs> Here's Paul and Silas. And they're sitting in here, and I have to imagine, doesn't say, but I'd have to imagine Paul's not very joyful, that he's struggling, 
that he's hurting. That everything he felt like he was supposed to do, God led me here to do this. God brought me here and what's left. I can't imagine sitting and bleeding in a cell and trying to find out where God is. And then, if you're reading ahead, spoiler, verse 25, we hear this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. About midnight. So most of this probably happened in the day. They probably went to prayer in the morning. This is a long day. And about midnight, we get this little thing of Paul and Silas sitting in, praying, and singing hymns to God. And it's not like it probably just started. You imagine as the day went on, you know, they're struggling and Paul started saying, God, I love you. Thank you for this opportunity. God, help us. God, I love you. And they keep growing and that power of God keeps coming in them. The spirit keeps in them. It wasn't from Paul and Silas. It was as they reached out to God, God filled. As they reached out to God, God gave them what they needed for that moment. And that fruit of the spirit, that influctuation of God into our hearts started to touch them. And then next, suddenly, as they were singing, there's an earthquake. It rocks the prison. We all know the story, right? Terrible the stuff is flaming. Sorry about that. Everything's falling down. The doors are opening. And I love this little line. And the jailer woke up. Because, like, he hadn't been listening. He hadn't been asleep, man. He woke up, and all of a sudden he realized all the doors were open, and he freaked out. Grabbed his sword to kill himself, because better to kill yourself in this instance than have, you know, the guy above you kill you, because he probably wasn't going to be as nice. When he heard Paul yell, don't harm yourself, we're all here. So verse 29, the jailer calls for lights. And he rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your whole household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wombs. Then immediately he and his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. He and his whole household because of the joy that God put in Paul now becomes the joy of the jailer. The joy that God and filled Paul with becomes him because it wasn't Paul and Silas that made that change, right? I set you all up. This is kind of one of those movies that work in reverse. This is what it looks like. And this is the worst situation that most of us will ever go through. It's happening around the world to other people, not to us. Right? We have to be aware of that. This is a joy we're meant to have. 
So what is the opposite of joy? Any thoughts? Opposite of joy? Opposite of joy? Apathy. Ooh, nice. Hate. Come on, I know it's daylight savings time. Come on, Come on you can do it. What? Despair. Despair. Discontent. Misery. Loneliness. And it's amazing that that's how we think of joy. And, and I too. You know, we, we get these emotions and we try to apply them to something that joy is happiness. And as the world, as the world and as non-Christians, we look at joy as an emotion. That it's happiness and everything on. But actually, joy is a condition of the spirit. Not a reflection of our happiness. Joy is not based on circumstances. Joy is not based on the car you drive. Joy is not based on what is happening in your life. It's really based on where your spirit is in your heart. True joy. True joy is happiness in God. That our happiness comes from God and it's in God. Despite what's happening here, it's what's happening here. That is the true joy that we're meant to have. Now here comes the hard part. What's the greatest obstacle to joy? Ourselves. Yeah, pretty much. The greatest obstacle to our joy is our sin. Yeah, I went there. It's our own sin. It's our own desire that keeps us from the joy that we have. And it's basic sense. The basic core base of sin and we all have these great things we learned in preschool and then middle school and then high school youth group about what sin is but in the base thing it's I put myself first that I choose me over God sin is all about what I want right if Paul would have gotten what he wanted he'd be in Asia doing what he wanted to do teaching the word of God like he was told to do. And he would have felt great and he could have forced through that and did it, right? But he did what God wanted. And so many times in our life, that sin that we feel is because we want to do what we want and it's all circumstantially based. What makes me feel good? What makes me look good? So a wonderful theologian named Gilbert Chesterson and he had this to say. We actually love ourselves more than we love joy. I know it's not very joyful, it gets better. You see, if we put our emphasis on ourselves, we will always fight that. We will always understand that. But the good news is, is that God is there to be with us. And, and the reason we're looking at this, because we've got to be aware that, that we are our number one inhibitor to understanding the joy of God, to understand that joy of the Spirit. Galatians tells us, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. So you are not to do whatever you want, but if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So 
how do we do this joy thing? How do we walk by the Spirit, right? It's good to sit up here and say, don't sin, have joy in the Lord, sing a little song, got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, let that all ring in your head now because someone sang it to me twice today. We got all these things, right? Thanks, Mark. Have a nice day. So how do we walk in the Spirit? What starts just like Brian was talking about last week, the first thing we gotta do is we gotta go to war. This is a war. I don't know where you're at in your walk. I don't know if you were a brand new Christian today, this morning you woke up and you gave your life to God and Jesus, or you've been a Christian your whole life. You have an enemy that wants to rob your joy. You have an enemy that wants to take your eyes off God. You want an enemy that makes this world more important than God's world. Not because we're special, but because God's special. So we need to stand up to that. We need to be strong. We'll go back to our buddy Paul. So after Paul and this whole household is saved, Paul is rocking it, man. A church starts in Philippi. A strong church. Paul probably left feeling pretty good. He had a few bumps in the way. Ten years later, you know where Paul is? He's in jail again. This time in Rome. And he's sitting in Rome, and he writes a letter to the church of Philippi. We call it the book of Philippians. And he's writing this book, and he reminds them of all these wonderful things. Philippians 4. It's one of my favorite passages in Philippians. We'll start at Philippians 4. You guys are flipping around awesome. So, Philippians 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be, gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious in anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Jesus Christ. Right there, that's pretty awesome. We should say amen. Amen. <clears throat> Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's almost a rap song. It's awesome. <laughs> but that's Philippians. If you read Philippians, it's a book about joy. I can do all things. I'm content. Paul's telling them that I was there and you saw what happened. And I know you're still going through stuff. You can do this. And he's letting them know that, look, it starts out with this command. Rejoice. He didn't say it passively. It wasn't a suggestion. He said rejoice. Be joyful in God. Look where you were. Look where you are. Look at the beauty that's come into your life. Remember that. War with that. There's so much good in your lives. Don't forget it. And yeah, times may be bad, but I'm going to be content because I have God. It tells us in the book of Corinthians that we fight with weapons that are not of this world. We don't use rods and whips to flog people. 
We have divine powers to demolish strongholds. That's 2 Corinthians 10.4. If anybody wants to look that up later. He talks to us about prayer. You know, when you prepare for this and stand up here, and all of you that have ever done it, it's like a two to five month process, it seems like. It's running through your head all the time about what I'm going to talk about. What am I going to say? I don't want to say what I want to say. And I was thinking about this, and it brought me back to prayer when I worked in this company in Kansas City. And it was a large corporation. It was really stressful and really ugly at times. And so every day, instead of going to lunch, I'd drive up to this little park, actually a huge park. It had a huge open space. It had woods. It had a hill where you could oversee in this big house that had like 15 horses. You could see the river. And it was awesome. And I'd pull up every day in my car, and I'd just go. <sighs> and I'd look ahead, and about 50 yards from my car was this huge oak tree. And I remember one of the first times I was there doing this, I heard God say, just meet me at the tree. And so I had 50 yards to put away everything I've been dealing with that day. And if I couldn't, I'd stop for a minute and go, okay, okay, keep going. And in my heart, I could see Jesus there just waiting for me. And I'd get there and we'd walk. And I'd read my Bible. And I have a hundred million stories about what happened on those prayer walks. I remember one day that it was so bad, I was actually walking through the park like this, like I was holding his hand. And I had my Bible like this, and I was hitting against my head. And I looked up, and there was this guy standing there, like, smoking a cigarette with his dog. And he's looking at me like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the way Lisa, repenting, looks at us at times. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he quickly left. And I was thinking about this, and I was driving to work last week, and it's just kind of in my mind, I'm like, God, I'm sorry. That I haven't spent my time in prayer and walking with you like I used to. The last time I went to the park, I drove up, and I was in Kansas City, I'm like, I'm gonna go to the park, and I get there, and I pulled up and I looked, and the tree was gone. They had cut it down. And I'm sitting in the parking lot like, So I'm thinking about this, and I'm talking to God, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I need to find a new tree. I'm close to work, and he goes, and I, go, I haven't been there for a while. And I really felt like God said, it's okay, Mark. I packed a lunch. That's what I felt like he said to me, because God likes keeping us happy. And then I get to the stoplight at Folsom in Colorado, and I'm sitting there, and he goes, Mark, that's not the tree I want to meet you at. And for the first time, it hit me. I haven't been in Kansas City for almost eight years now. Because the tree I want to meet you at is in the shape of the cross. And you don't have to drive to Kansas City for that tree. This is the first time I thought about this without crying. And I'm on the verge, so I apologize if I lose it. Because I was sitting at a stoplight at Folsom in Colorado, wondering if I could make it the next half mile to work. And I understand right now that it wasn't about me. It was about God and Jesus pulling me into their joy. God and Jesus coming to that tree. It's like we talked about last week. We live in light of our union with Jesus. 
Joy isn't about me. Joy is about God. And God fills it up. In Hebrews 12, Paul writes, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So you will not grow weary and lose heart because he already gave us that joy and the simple love for us. can't imagine Jesus looking at the cross and thinking joy. I know he sat in Gethsemane and he wasn't happy. Afraid. Hurting. All these things we felt. But to know that at the same time there was joy in his heart because we could be in this room right now with him. There was joy in his heart because all over the world people could come to him for that one act. We have to choose to walk with the Spirit. It's a choice. The hard work's done. Anybody nailed to a cross? Anyone? No. The hard work's done. We just have to choose to walk with Him. We have to choose to understand that our joy is not our circumstances in our life. We have to choose that I have been known in my heart, I've been crucified with Christ, that I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Galatians 2. Christ lives in me. I have to choose this. You know, a couple weeks ago, we had this amazing blessing to have Miranda Hansen talk to us about our missionary trip. And I wasn't here, but I listened to it at normal speed, just so you all know, because it was Miranda. No offense, Alex and Brian. (laughs) And there's one part that just jumped out to me. And she was talking about how she did what she did. And she said, it's a choice to choose hope. It's a choice to choose joy and to choose to trust him. It caught me. Because that's really what it is. It's that choice. Who do we choose? Me, my sin, my self-life, or the whole power of the God Almighty, the creator of the universe? Who do we choose? Seems like a pretty simple answer, doesn't it? Because joy is not spiritual enlightenment. It's not suck it up and get through it. It's not put on a happy face. It's not what it is. That's awesome, and that's part of it. And I know that Paul rejoiced in that household. And I know that Jesus rejoiced and had fun and told probably the most amazing jokes in the world. He's God. He has to have great jokes. I know that's all part of it. But I also know that joy is internal. It's nothing we'll ever get on our own. The answer's simple. More Jesus, more prayer, more joy. 
More Jesus. More pressing in. More joy. You're getting there. It's early. We're almost up to normal time now. You got this. Good job. We'll catch up. See, God isn't hiding from us. He's not hiding from you. He's not hiding from me. Holy Spirit isn't out there going, no, you don't get joy today. Sorry. Donuts don't compromise for it. They're great. They make you happy. You know, I know we're all fighting with something. We all have something. I don't know what yours is, but we all have something. Something that wants to keep us from being joyful. Right? It's not a word just for Christmas. Joy to the world. It's a word for now. And I know there's some of you that are depressed and hurting, and I want to be very clear this is, not, this is not a bad thing to be against God. You're not hurting God's feelings. You're not weak. You're not a bad Christian. There's some real issues there. And I'm not saying that. But I also know there's people that are depressed and that are awesome and they get up and they come to church. They lead youth group. They do amazing things because of the joy of God. see this young man standing in the back correcting my volume and my voice and trying to make me look taller. It was our deal. <laughs> and I know the pain he goes through every day. But I watch him raise his hands in worship and praise God in a way I don't think I can. And I'm honored by you. That's joy. That's the love of God that makes a difference. We got to come to God. We got to battle for it. Joy's not the absence of bad. It's a recognizing what is good. Recognizing who is in charge. Recognizing that I get to be part of this. I know there's people in this room, there's people online, there's people at the podcast that don't want to get out of bed. The very act of going downstairs is hard, but with the power of God, they can do anything. I can do all things. I know there's days I'm fighting depression like a wave coming at me with the smallest slotted spoon I can find. And the only thing that keeps me going is knowing that I'm loved and God has put joy right here where it belongs. Things aren't going to get easy as followers of Christ. I'm sorry. I wish I could say they did. But we can still be joyful and happy through it. In Genesis, it says... Man and woman are created in our image. We're created in the image of God. All of us, even this, image of God. Now last week, Paul, Paul, last week, um, sorry, last week, Brian, uh, 
Same thing, Brian, Paul, they're right there, <laughs> right together, <laughs> buddies. He read us 2 Corinthians 3.18. And I was looking at it this week, and I found this version. It's the Passion Translation, and it just really hit me. And it says, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured, changed into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transformation comes from the Lord, who is spirit. We are meant to be full of joy because we are joy. We are the reflection of joy. We are the reflection of love. We're the reflection of every fruit of the spirit because we were made and created by God to be that. Whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus, you were created to be that. What an awesome gift. We sit in this room as the images of the Lord God Almighty, maker of the human universe, maker of everything. Beat that, Thanos. I'm telling you, we got everything. All we got to do is press in. increasingly aware of the spirit around us increasingly aware of what God is doing around us press in grab on tight my granddaughter came to the house last night and I picked her up she started to fall and she did that like that two-month-old baby thing right and I grabbed her and she grabbed on tight her fingers are like this big grab on tight This week, as we go out and we go in the world, we're going to run into stuff. And the more we learn about the fruit of the Spirit, and the more we try to apply it, we're going to run into stuff. I guarantee you, it's Brian's fault. Press into God. Worship Him in the good things. When we come in here in the morning, on Sundays at 9.15, it's awesome, and we start out by just thanking God and praising God for who He is. I challenge you to start every day like that. Get up, and before you worry about anything you didn't get done or have done, or the kids screaming, or the plates in the sink, I challenge you to praise God for just a few minutes. That's all I want you to do. And if you do that every day, you might find you're so accustomed to joy that you don't even have to work at it. pray together. God, I just thank you and I praise you for your love for us. I praise you that God, you even find joy in us. And I thank you for that. God, I just ask that as we finish this time together, you would just touch our hearts that each of us feel and see the joy you have for us and that we look you right in the face hold on tight and feel that joy that we have for you God you're awesome you're mighty you can do whatever you want 
know this is something you want. So God, I ask you to bless us, hold us, and whisper in our ears. We love you.